Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. 8 o'clock hour here on 105.3 The Fan, Sean and RJ, Bobby Belt, Peyton Ryan, Sean's out, I'm RJ Choppy, Sean will be back next week. Uh, now, a week from today, Jerry Jones coming up at 8.30. He is the owner of the Dallas Cowboys. And the general know. manager. And the general manager. That's right. He owns, he carries both titles. Uh, maybe he has a third title that we don't know about, but uh, Jerry Jones coming up at 8.30. We want to take your phone calls right now, 877-881-1053. Your star up, your star downs for this Cowboys loss. Cows lose, cows stink, 22-20 to the Miami Dolphins. The biggest star up goes to C.D. Lamb. He was great in this game. The biggest star down goes to a game plan and probably a quarterback as well that just didn't get him the football consistently. I don't understand yeah. why this wasn't a game where C.D. had 15 catches. That's the biggest thing yeah. that I come out of. The biggest failure in this game is that you went two, two and a half quarters essentially without even a target. When Andrew Van Ginkle... The Dolphins pass rusher gets his hands on more pass attempts than CeeDee Lamb for two quarters. I don't care for that last name, Van Ginkle. Yeah, I know. It sounds like a weird name. Sounds like a Disney fairy tale name. Yeah, I don't care for that one. I got a star up. Rip Van Ginkle. The uh, the star up was the Cowboy fans. That was a bowl game. Dude, yeah. That was a bowl game. I mean, that wasn't a road game. It's your first loss at home was that game against the Dolphins. Yeah. That crowd trap. Absolutely. All right, let's get, uh, let's hear for the people. Well, let's hear for the people. Jake. In West Point. Oh, West Point. That's uh, cadet country. Jake, you're up here on 105 through the fan. Yeah, uh, I think probably it's hard to go star up on this one, but if I had to pick one, I mean, I'd I'd probably say CD. CD looked phenomenal. But uh, I think biggest star down is probably the Cowboys' playoff hopes. You're not feeling it? You, you, you're you not feeling a victory over Tampa Bay at this point, Jake? I, if we, I don't know. It's too hard to tell what team's going to show up every week. It is hard to tell, especially on the road. Now you know what's going to come happen at home. Um, we, we know what's going to happen at home when they play. When they play here, they're going to win the game. You would, you um, hope so, but man, the like I have no doubt they're going to beat Detroit this week. I, I feel pretty and confident. It, if Detroit still had something to play for, would you have no doubt? No, no, I would not. I, no, I, I, I mean, yes, I would have doubt. But like, uh, not even, not even doubt. It's like, you know, like if 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 Detroit had lost that game, you know, Dan Campbell would be up their butts all week. Goodness, what? Just all the way up there, huh? I don't mean like that. I mean like he'd be riding their you know what's and um, really that doesn't sound any better. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow that was worse. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so 
I, I don't want to play a uh, a mad Dan. I Campbell. just I, I I have concerns about. I think they're tough. I do think they're mentally tough. I think they're they're they are physic more physically tough than they were a couple years ago. But I still the Cowboys. Yeah, I think it's I think it is. I think it's far too easy to just have them fall into bad psychological tendencies at times. And maybe that maybe that means they're not mentally tough. Maybe that's exactly what that means. But I, I just I think that it has too many problems there. Uh, let's go to Rich in California. Rich, you're on the fan. Hey, I've got to tell you where the Cowboys sit. We our real test is going to be against Detroit. We're going to knock them out of the park again. Home field advantage. I met you guys out there in Oxnard, California. Hey, once again. But anyways. This is our playoff run starting this Saturday night. We are prepared. We are ready. We'll you'll see. I, I yeah, hope so. A, yeah, I hope so. But it'd mean more obviously if it was a Detroit team that had something to play for, and that's the tough thing. I mean, I guess they still have home field technically to play for or playoff I mean, position. Look, if Detroit wins out, and thanks for saying hey again, Rich. Thanks for saying hey, Knoxner. Thanks for saying hey now. If they went out, if Detroit wins out, they are the two seed. End of story. Doesn't matter what Philly does. Right. Uh, Detroit, uh, according to the playoff machine, if Detroit wins, and Philly Radio apparently this morning is saying we need to root for the Cowboys this weekend. Because <laughs> if Detroit wins out, they are the two seed, and that's a good home field advantage. Sure. I mean, that that place, I, I think that is going to be, you know, we always talk about the, the, the Phillies in the, in the playoffs this year. I think the Lions home crowd is going to be like that if they make a run. Because it's going to be nuts. They haven't had a playoff game at home. 30 years. It's going to be a loud atmosphere. So that place is going to be absolutely pandemonium. I'm, I'm interested in seeing what that's like. Uh, but they have to win out. I don't think they're going to do that because I think the Cowboys are going to beat them. I think part of it is I do think the, the Lions are going to have a mental vacation this week. I'll take a mental week off. Chris in Weatherford, you're next. 105 through the fan. Happy holidays, Happy boys. Holidays. Good morning to you. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Yes. Um, it's the same thing. They're going to go 12 and five. They're going to beat Detroit. They're going to torch the Washington Washingtons. And then they're going to go to the playoffs. You know, they might actually win the first game like they did last year, but it's going to come to the second round. Dak cannot get his head out of his rear when it comes to getting to the NFC championship game. And they're going to lose again. And we're going to be another 12 and five team with a second round exit. And we're just going to say, Oh, we'll try again next year. But it's just, I'm not hopeful this year, boys. I'm just not. You know, it's interesting because it is tough. If you win 12 games, like, over the last, you know, it, it, this would be, what, three years in a row they went 12? Yep. Thanks it's really call, hard to try to go away from that. Like, it's really hard to convince your fan base or your or your players. How about that? How about more so your players? Let's say you're Jerry Jones. And you win 12 games for three years in a row, and you lose the division round for, the you know, the the, the – the second year in a row, but third year overall, in the playoffs, you lose, and you don't make the Super Bowl, and you don't make the NFC Championship game. It's really hard to look those players in the eye and say, man, I'm going to blow up a 12-win team. You just don't do that. Yeah, but I mean, also, you, you they've got to feel like, too, at some point, like, do we have the, like, the players even have to feel like, do we have the right guy to push us over the edge? Do we have the right guy to push us over the top? Like, it's nice that we, it, it sounds like it, it's a... It's a better version of what Jason Garrett was always criticized for. Oh, it's eight and eight every year. You're stuck in neutral. You're stuck in neutral at 12 and five. You progressed and now you're stuck. You are. You're stuck in neutral, but that's a heck of a neutral, man. But if you're not going to get past that, what is the point? 
What's the point? If you're not going to move past that, I I don't disagree. I, I don't I don't disagree, but I disagree. Because <laughs> like the you're most still take I've heard. you're still you're still twelve. I mean, like this is who wins twelve games three years in a row? They lose every big game that's close late, though. It feels like every sure. single one, and that comes down to your coach. Does it? I think it does. Sometimes. I mean, if it comes like what what are we? I mean, sometimes it's the coach, sometimes it's the quarterback, sometimes it's the defense, sometimes it's the offensive line. I know, but I mean, all of that falls under the umbrella of the it, coach, it does, doesn't it? It does. Like, your like, late-game execution being poor for several years comes down to the coach a lot of times, doesn't it? Right, but the, the late-game execution was poor to the previous coach. So you should keep changing coaches? I mean, was Jason would you have argued in favor of, like, well, Jason Garrett's been consistent, let's just keep him for forever? I mean, I did argue that point for a while. <laughs> uh, so he's Jason Garrett, ultimately. <laughs> ultimately, what you're telling me is Mike McCarthy's Jason Garrett. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, let's go to where are we going here, Peyton. Let's go to Charles and Plano. Here, you're up next in the fan. Hey, good morning, guys. Morning, Charles. Morning. Hey, I just got a quick comment. Yeah, you know the guys. They seem like they're just not disciplined. They have these mental breaks every now and then, and uh, and on the road they just don't seem confident. Even when you see them on the mic at the end of the game, you know, um, who, who's our emotional leader? Who's the guy that's going to get? Fired up and you know just just get them get them going. I, you know I don't see any communication there because I mean wanting to get away from CD yesterday for for a couple of quarters there. It, somebody should be vocal like, hey, I'm open. You know, uh, or, or even the players play and coaches coach. I mean the, the guys that's on the field got to take some responsibility for this. The coach got to take some responsibility. But let me ask you this: as as the Cowboys go. Even even if they they lose it from the rest of the year, are they a successful team? So so with that success that they already have, are they satisfied? Are they complacent? I mean, they got to get over themselves. They're, they're their own. They're their greatest obstacle. Yeah, thanks, Charles. I, I think that when you're talking about being vocal, Ceedee Lamb, I think, was starting to get vocal. You saw him talking to Mike McCarthy on the sideline. I think he was communicating, saying, "Hey, I've got advantages here. I need the ball." Um, but yeah, there, there's, is, is there a time chop where we say, Hey, somebody's got a, one of these players has to go in there and, and I know that you, you don't like the fake tough guy coaching bit, but is there a place for one of these players to essentially go in there and crack skulls and like, Hey, somebody's got to publicly yeah. hold these guys to account. I mean, look, I, I don't, I don't generally like to overreact to a playoff. Um, to but me, in general losing big games, like, you know, Buffalo, Philly on the road, Miami, like, does somebody have to step up and say, Hey, we got to demand stronger accountability here. Yes, I understand that. I, my, my my thought is though, like, I don't really get upset with the loss unless the other team, like, if you lose to a lesser quarterback, that's a problem. Like, if, you, if the other team is a better quarterback, I'm like, all right, what am I gonna do? Am I gonna, am I gonna freak out about losing to Josh Allen? Like, I just can't, I can't get upset about that one. All right, there's a little phone call action here on 105.3 The Fan, uh, but Luca. Dropped 50 last night. And also, Rangers lose out on a player, and we have an apology to a certain mega star in sports that has to be made. It's all coming up next year at 105 to the fan.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Doncic going for 50 and he's got it. Luka Doncic on this Christmas night. Man, Luka, 50 points, passes 10,000 points uh, in his career. That's 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 quick. A 50 brisket. That's... <laughs> 8 of 16 from beyond the arc, a perfect 12 of 12 for the line. And the Mavs get, uh, he also had 15 uh, assists. That's that's pretty good. Mavericks get the 128-114 win over a Phoenix team that, that just can't figure it out. They can't figure out how to get guys healthy. And when the guys they have on the floor, they can't figure out how to actually play. Uh, anyway, Kevin Durant was just off uh, all night. And if not for Grayson Allen, this would have been much, much uglier than it was. The Mavs get a really nice win on the road. Yep, and apparently the uh, the buzz coming out when uh, you heard uh, Woj talking in the the post game, Woj had said, "Yeah, there there's people in Phoenix and around the Suns now that are are starting to feel like Kevin Durant is pretty frustrated with the health issues surrounding Bradley Beal and a a pretty depleted supporting cast." But guess what, Kevin Durant, when you go out and you get a guy like Bradley Beal and you trade away all your depth yeah. to try and build a super team, that when injuries happen to those superstars. You are going to lack depth. This is what happens. This is what you sacrifice. You sacrifice depth in the name of superstars. And if it doesn't work out or there are injuries to those guys or whatever else, you're going to have a a pretty rough go of it. And that's what Kevin Durant's finding out right now. He had a a streak snapped yesterday of, uh, I think it was 23 straight games with at least 25 points. So the Mavericks snapped that one. And just, again, a a really impressive game from Luka. We had uh, talked about this last week. ESPN pulled 100 insiders and got their their straw ballot mm-hmm. for NBA MVP. Luka finished fifth on that one. Seems seems low. It seems a, a, seems a tad low. Seems a little low. Good, mean, to, good to have Derek Lively back in the lineup, though. Put up 20 points, 10 rebounds. He makes yes. such a difference for yeah, them. Yeah, he's been great, he's man. He's been, he's been really good for them this year. Suck it, Mike Bassett. Um, you were wrong. You were wrong, Mike, about <laughs> Derek Lively. Yeah. Uh, you know, what, what did he except for Bradley Beal? When was the last time Bradley Beal played more than 61 games in a year? 
I said more than 60. More than 60. No, don't look. Just oh, guess. Um, 2019, pre-COVID. Yeah, it was 2018, 2019 season. Boom. Bring me up, Since Peyton. then, 57 games. Now, that was in the shortened 2019, 2020 season. Then 60, 40, and 50. Yeah. But the guy misses games, man. Like, what are you going to do? It's an He's an NBA player. NBA players all miss games. Now, he's missed all but six this year. So, he's beyond that pace uh, of missing a lot of games. He's, he's well beyond half of them. He's played about a, let's see, a third, not even a, not even a third of them. Less than a quarter of Less than a quarter. A fifth. So, that's a problem. That's a problem. A fifth. Played 20% of the game, so. That's what they are with the uh, with Bradley Beal and such, but it's a good win by the Mavericks. What happened with the Rangers over the weekend? Uh, there was some bad news there. Eh, not not terrible news, but Mitch Garver. It's bad news. Who had, who bad been, news. Mitch bad Garver. News. But, but look, it's it's you're clearing the way for Wyatt Langford or Justin Foskey or whoever else you need to be your DH next year, and you've already got Jonah Heimacatcher. So it's not a big loss when you lose Mitch Garver, but it's a uh, it's an emotional loss. You're losing somebody that it makes you feel a little emotional that you're uh, losing him. He goes you're to the Seattle depth. Mariners, uh, two for 24 over there. And we are also RJ Choppy. We're losing some time on the pitch clock. Oh, yeah. Tell me about this. There were some MLB rule changes. Major League Baseball's competition committee approved several rule changes for the 2024 season, including subtracting two seconds from the pitch hey! timer with men on base. Hang on. Now, if you're going to have 250 pitches in a game. That's four. That's five hundred seconds. If there's that people on base every single time, there's that not going to be no. Because how many times are runners on base? You're how many pitches are you throwing with runners on base? You're not throwing two hundred fifty. Oh, so they're, they're not changing these. It's the, just with the runners on okay. base from twenty to eighteen. Now, I feel like last year was perfect. Like I feel like they found the right balance, and I actually thought that the runners on base pitch clock was a little too short. Like, there were times where there was a big moment late, somebody on base, and I kind of wanted to, to marinate in it a little bit. I wanted to feel the, the pressure a little bit. And so I actually think cutting two seconds off, this feels like you're doing too much here, Major League Baseball. Like, like I, I don't, in the name of just two seconds, how much are you really getting over the course of a game where it's like, man, we could really shorten it some more. We'd really enjoy that versus what you might be sacrificing by speeding it up for two seconds and, and changing that. I can't imagine pitchers are going to love this because if there's one thing they wanted it sounded like they wanted to actually increase pitchers did with runners on base they wanted to increase okay. that a little bit so taking off two seconds you've got that uh there won't be any changes to the pitch clock when bases are empty they'll still have 15 seconds to do that uh according to the league pitchers began their deliveries with an average of 7.3 seconds remaining on the 20 second timer in 2023 okay does that feel right sure mound visits will be reduced from five to four per game as the league said, they rank among the fans' least favorite events in baseball. Teams averaged only 2.3 mound visits per game in 2023. While according to league data, 98% of games last season would not have exceeded a limit of four visits. The pitch timer will now reset after a dead ball as soon as the pitcher is given a new one and play is set to resume. He no longer has to be on the mound for the clock to reset, preventing the pitcher's ability to delay a restart by walking around the edges of it. During pitching changes, if the clock is under two minutes as the reliever exits the bullpen and onto the warning track, it will reset back to two rather than 2.15 as it did last year. The league withdrew a proposal to reset the pitch clock as soon as the batter calls a timeout. Umpires will continue to use their judgment as to when the clock starts again. And then the other big change here, uh, they are widening the runner's lane to first base. Okay, so what are they going to do? 
Uh, so the where's the note here on that? Uh, 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 that the decision to widen the lane to first base is due to uh, potential injuries and other things that have happened there uh, with throws down to first base. Uh, barring an injury, a pitcher who begins to warm up at the start of inning will now be required to face at least one batter. Previously, they could be replaced or after warm-ups. Uh, Tony Clark, Major League Baseball Players Association head Tony Clark, said the players' representatives voted against a number of these proposals. Uh, they made it clear in the competition committee. Uh, players strongly feel that following last season's profound changes to the fundamental rules of the game, immediate additional changes are unnecessary and offer no meaningful benefits to fans, players, or the competition on the field. And that's exactly how I feel on this one, is that it feels like you're doing too much. Yeah, I don't have a problem. I mean, I don't have a problem with them moving. The, the two seconds is not a big deal. Um, that the, the, the mound visits is not a big deal. The the wide in the lane is is a good thing though. I think it's a very. I think I think it's good. Uh, the bag is in fair territory. Either either make a bag like they do in softball, that orange bag that's in foul territory, uh, or widen the runner's lane to allow for them to be in contact with the bag and not be in violation. Jerry Jones. He is the owner and general manager of the Dallas Cowboys, in case you've heard of him. He is coming up next year on 105.3 The Fan. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It is time for the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, Jerry Jones, joining us here on Sean and RJ on 105 through the fan. Actually, it's RJ and Bobby this week. Choppy and Belt, along with Peyton and Ryan. Morning, Bobby Belt. Good morning, RJ Choppy. You ready for this? I'm ready. I, I, I'm I'm interested to, to hear what Jerry's going to have to say about a number of things, how, where his confidence level's at after this game. Look, this was a chance to make a statement two different times, two different road victories here, and they fell short in two very different ways. One of them, you know, was, was a little bit of a, a disappointing effort, and then this past week it was something that you felt like you were close on, and it just, again, it was one of these games where it felt like you lost on the little details yeah. late. Did he sound ejected last week after the Buffalo game? No, um, I, I think he was he was serious. There, there, there was a business approach here, but I, I think that, you know, he was – there, he was still encouraged, and there was still resolve there. And I, I would, I would anticipate we're going to get something similar today. Uh, that, that, there were encouraging aspects about this game. 
there were a lot of encouraging things that you could take away from it. I thought the run defense was a lot better than I would have expected they would have played against Miami. I thought I thought Miami could have run for 200 yards on them, and that didn't happen. And so that was encouraging. It felt like some of the discouraging things were things that are in your control. You know, poorly timed penalties. Um, you know, the the moving away from CD for as long of a stretch as they did. Uh, you know, some of the pass protection issues, the, the communication issues with Doga at left tackle, where it seemed like he just he didn't identify correctly the rusher that he was supposed to take. Yeah, that sort of thing happened way too often, and and that's the thing that that I'm going to be interested to hear from Jerry about on all these fronts as we talk to Jerry Jones here in just a second. Brought to you by Ford, built for Texas, built for you. You know, it um every team has, and I think we get too into a silo here because like you know you look at. Look at the Chiefs game yesterday, right? Like Mahomes had the miscommunication with his running back on the fumble. And if that happened here, the first thing I'd be saying, like, why the hell are you snapping to anybody not named Mahomes? <laughs> yeah. Like, why are you trying to trick it up and be cute? Yeah, every, every got, team's guilty right? that time. Every team is guilty of that. Every team is guilty of bad clock management at the end of games. Every team is guilty of all that stuff. And, and it just happens. And uh, I think we are ready for Jerry Jones. And Jerry is brought to you by Ford, built for Texas. Built for you. Good morning, Jerry. Merry Christmas. RJ, Bobby, Merry Christmas to you, and hope you had a great couple of days there. Uh, and uh, certainly it makes us appreciate uh, all the good things. And uh, from the standpoint of the Cowboys in football, uh, we uh, uh, could have uh, added a little uh, Christmas spirit to uh, having that game turn out differently. But uh, we got to live over that and move on here. Yeah, I, I can I can sense that, and and you know we were talking about this, you know, comparatively this one to Buffalo, this had to be a different kind of frustrating because you had a chance in this one to to, to win it late. Well, listen, both those teams are outstanding teams. They're uh, they're going to be uh, uh, probably in the uh, uh, over in the AFC. They're going to be in the top uh, three or four teams, and uh, uh, we saw another one play last night and. The Baltimore team against San Francisco 49ers, but uh, we've just got to be reminded that there are good teams all over this place in the NFL, and uh, we've got to be right when we play them. And uh, every week at this juncture in a season, you have a chance to get right. You really do, and you can improve on. Uh, uh, that's the purpose of it. That's the purpose of it being structured the way it is, so that. Uh, absent uh, having to adjust for unavailability injury, then uh, you can uh, uh, get a better team and push it up there and play. I'm sure San Francisco would like to have that one back last night. Jerry, you know, when we, we look at these last two weeks, um, there was a lot of optimism, I think, for the fan base and everybody else heading into the, the Buffalo and Miami games. Obviously, these were two big road losses. But when you look at the struggles on the road, I know this has become a big talking point. Do you do you say that at this point you think it could be as much psychological as anything else, or do you think it's just bad luck? No, I don't think it's bad luck. I don't think it's psychological. I think it's execution. Um, we uh, uh, know that uh, we can see four or five plays. Uh, coaches have been saying since the beginning of time, one play doesn't make the difference in the <laughs> basic tenor of the game. Uh, on the other hand, uh, in the NFL, a few plays can really be difference makers. Certainly the turnover we had uh, going down on the drive was a, uh, was a difference maker. I had hoped that we'd look back on it and say we overcame uh, 
a setback there early because we had the right tenor when we made that long drive, one of the most successful of the year against a good team. So bottom line, guys, is that uh, uh, every uh, every quarter, uh, every possession, uh, every one of these at this juncture from here on out, every one of these uh, you just about – uh, uh, don't execute at the right time, and it's going to be that close, and you'll go home. Your season will be over. And uh, we've got to keep that in mind. We've got to try to eliminate some of those mistakes. Uh, you can look at any uh, uh, description of the game uh, today or yesterday. They'll point out three or four big plays. They'll point out uh, big plays, uh, Dax decisions, uh, coaches' decisions, uh, point out uh, uh, players uh, not wrapping up. All of those things I know we're tired of hearing, but uh, uh, when you play these teams that are playing for uh, all the marbles, tournament-type football, uh, playoff-type football, then you're going to have it down to that close. And I'm glad we've got a team that can play at that level. Now, when you have that, uh, you can take a team like we've got and you can go any place. And, boy, you can make some good things happen, and you can win the ball game. And then you do it on another one, and then another one. And the next thing you know, uh, you're in the big game. Jerry Jones, join us here at 105 to the fan. CD had the incredible touchdown uh, catch and run, uh, and that was in the first quarter. And then he didn't see a target until about 10 minutes to go in the fourth. Why was it so hard to get the ball to CD in those two quarters? And uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, those are decisions because we got options of where to go with the ball. And uh, uh, everybody on the field knows that uh, can step back from it and say, "Look, uh, get the ball in the hands of your best. Uh, uh, get the ball in the hands of your best player." But boy, you've got to put the ball in the hands of some other players too. Not for any reason other than. Uh, uh, you just can't every down have that in the ball. Well, you say San Francisco sits there and they put it in the hand of Debo a lot and uh, they'll put it in McCaffrey a lot. Uh, that's to say the least. But if you look hard, they're spreading it around a little bit too. But uh, we all want to look back and say, uh, uh, and the entire uh, team does, and say, boy, we should uh, have had the ball in Lamb's hand, uh, certainly uh, in the second and third quarters. Jerry, you know, when you, you talk about... I don't answer for that. I really don't. And, and when you talk about that, though, C.D. Lamb and, and how impactful he's been, it's felt like at times over the last couple of years, whenever there are, are losses in some of these games, that it's when, you know, the C.D. Dak connection isn't strong or, the, or there's times where they're taking away C.D. Lamb. Do you think that this team is at its best when C.D. Lamb and, and Dak Prescott are clicking together? Well, I think uh, uh, those are our best uh, uh, players in terms of uh, uh, Dak's ability to make the play or a play that can uh, give us the uh, uh, big play, 25 a yard longer is the definition of it. But uh, uh, Dak and then, of course, C.D. is uh, certainly the guy that on the uh, other end of the ball can run after catch and can do some things with the ball after he gets it. That's his Forte, and uh, but uh, uh, trust me, both of them know that, and all your coaching staff know that to the fairly well. And uh, the other team's got a lot to do with it. Situation's got a lot to do with it. Uh, and uh, 
sometimes they feel like that uh, uh, in this particular case specifically, uh, Dak could have gone either way with the ball. Uh, didn't go that way if he had it back. I'm not trying to be tried. If he had it back, obviously he'd probably go Lamb's way. Talking with Cowboys owner and general manager Jerry Jones here on 105 Through the Fan. Jerry, uh, Micah Parsons expressed some frustration after the game about the lack of holding calls that he's drawn. I believe the last one was uh, the middle of October was the last time that Micah drew a holding penalty. Is that something that that you guys would ask the league to like, hey, can we get a, a closer look at this because we feel like he's, you know, some teams are getting away with, with holding our guy here? I don't think the intent is uh, – to take a, uh, a player of his skill and um, uh, limit him. Uh, one of the judgment issues here is um, they won't call a holding penalty within a certain range of holding. What does that mean? Uh, well, that means uh, they won't call a holding penalty usually if they don't think the player would have gotten to the quarterback to begin with. Now, think about that a minute. Uh, that's your judgment that is still we have in officiating that judgment. If they think he wouldn't have gotten there, that doesn't work for uh, uh, Parsons because he's about to get there almost all the time, almost from the snap of the ball. Uh, that sounds simplistic, but it's a fact. And he does so much uh, finishing. And so anything that just limits him uh, should be a hole. Uh, that's the kind of discussion that you would have and uh, Stephen would have in the competition committee uh, to address that. This is not the first time that uh, uh, penalties have been uh, uh, defined by the unique skills of a player. Not the first time at all. It's happened to us. It's happened to other uh, great players. And so uh, that one's got to be worked through because it's not working good for Dak. There's no question Dak is um, having restrictions that um, uh, are, are called that if turned loose would result in a, uh, would result <clears throat> in a, a sack or result in more pressure on the quarterback in general. Uh, they're basically trying to uh, 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 not discourage protection schemes or protection technique for the quarterback. So Micah gets officiated differently than a lot of other players? Well, he gets officiated not differently, but most players that uh, don't get those holes where Michael doesn't get them couldn't get to the quarterback. Micah can Jerry. A lot of players are not being called for holding or, or not having holding calls go with them, uh, but they couldn't get to the quarterback. Micah can. And so, therefore, it is restrictive to him. Jerry, you know, you, you talked about last night that you're sure San Francisco would like to have that game back. Um, you know, we saw recently Philadelphia go on a three-game losing streak. There's obviously been a lot of struggles with the Chiefs and, and what they're dealing with. Does this feel as, as winnable uh, of an NFL season as, as you can recall in, in recent history? Do you feel like the opportunity is really there for you guys to, to capture something special? Yes, I certainly do. Without, without question, I do. Uh, <clears throat> you look at our, uh, how we've pushed it up here, what we've got. We're going into our last two ball games. 
knock on wood. I like our health, health a lot. Uh, I like, uh, uh, hopefully Tyron will uh, come on around. We injected him last week, and, and uh, that usually works. And uh, hopefully we could have him. He's a huge different maker, Tyron Smith. And, uh, but health-wise, uh, I look at that. As far as preparing this team to go win a football game, we're in as good a shape as we've been in in many years for this team to um, go on a good game run and win this thing. And uh, that's saying a lot this time of year. A lot of people can't say that. Uh, but uh, uh, do we have some things that uh, uh, as late as Sunday uh, could really uh, improve our team if we'll clean it up? Yes, we do. Uh, in a big way, would have had them under any circumstances, but we do have them. Are they things that we can clean up as we go into Detroit here, uh, as we go to Washington, and then uh, get ready for those playoffs? You bet. Um, I, I wouldn't trade. I really wouldn't, uh, reasonably, uh, and an either are being being uh, trying to be as realistic as I could. Uh, I wouldn't trade our position. Uh, for a better one today. Uh, and it has everything to do with how healthy we are at key spots. Jerry, are you encouraged by the run defense from this weekend? No, no I'm encouraged not to work for it. I think that uh, uh, I know that we were uh, uh, compromised. It's a, it's a uh, balancing act out there. Uh, but um, I saw good things. I saw us do some good things. In general, I thought we... Uh, uh, can play much better, uh, and uh, but I will tell you this: that's a, that is one of the best offensive teams you'll see. Uh, if certainly in the top three or five, and uh, uh, there are parts of that thing that we did a good job on. I want some more of. I want us to do that some more against that type of talent. Jerry, you mentioned the the injury situation, how you feel good about where you guys are at, how you're going to try to get Tyron Smith ready to go for this uh, this game against Detroit. Um, where do things stand with, with Jonathan Hankins' availability uh, coming off of that ankle, and, and were there any injuries coming out of this game that you guys are monitoring? Yeah, I don't know that we'll have him this week, uh, but we're going to have him uh, uh, as we get on into it, uh, get on into the playoffs, and we may have him this week. Uh, Mozzie's coming on. Mozzie, uh, uh, in my mind, had did some very good things out there the other night. So he's coming on, and uh, uh, that's great. Um, uh, I think um, uh, our health in that interior defensive front looks good. Uh, I think, of course, we uh, miss Van Der Esch, but teams all over this league are missing key people. Uh, but, uh, uh, no, really, I think uh, health-wise, we got Hooker back. He played well. Uh, that's a big deal for us. So I look at defensively, I expect us to uh, take advantage of everything that we've uh, seen, done, haven't done. I think we uh, have absorbed it. we got some outstanding people that uh, can highlight it for all the players, practice to get better or to refine certain things we do. All of this looks good. All of this really looks good. Certainly would like to have won the football game. We would like to, I mean, I'm being trite when I say that. But uh, as far as us being in good shape to uh, go into the playoffs and really uh, make a wave, uh, I feel very good about our chances to do that. Uh, 
and Dak is playing outstanding. I thought Dak played a heck of a game the other night. He had pressure all night long. Uh, that had everything to do with uh, uh, not having Tyron and having to make shift that offensive line to some degree. Everybody has to do it, but I thought Dak handled it outstanding. Uh, and and that's that was going to be my follow-up question there. You mentioning that you, you thought Dak played really well in this game uh, in the face of what was a lot of pressure. He was having trouble getting the ball out quickly. Uh, where do you think Dak is right now overall in terms of his comfortability in this offense and his command of this offense? You know, we, we've saw the gaudy statistics there for that six-week period or, or whatever it was, and, and this past, these past couple weeks have been tough games for him, but you still like the resolve you've seen from him? I, like, I think Dak's the best he's been in his career, and I think if you can go into – uh, this part of your season in the NFL and your quarterback is playing at this level, uh, you've got an outstanding uh, uh, a chance to do some, uh, to uh, uh, come home happy. Uh, and so uh, he's, the, he's the reason for my number one highlight. And then, frankly, frankly, uh, we've uh, 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 done a lot of things. We've had a lot of uh, machination. Uh, in terms of uh, offense, and um, I think uh, we're going to take advantage of that over these next weeks, last two ball games and then the playoff. Uh, over on defense, uh, we're uh, frankly uh, some of the things that we've seen the last two weeks made us better. It uh, hurt, but it made us better. That's football. That's what happens in football, and so it's uh, possible to have lost those two games against Buffalo and to have lost it against Miami and gotten better technically. Nobody wants that uh, way to get better. But it's possible that we're better team today for having played those two games uh, than what we took up there. What we took up there, what we took over there to Miami wasn't enough. And so we better hope we get better, but I think we've gotten better. Jerry, we saw Stephon Gilmore leave the field uh, with what looked like an arm injury. He, he was off the field for a couple plays and ended up coming back. Um, is everything all good to go with him and his status? I'm planning on him playing, and I think that's realistic. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, I think he's uh, planning on playing, and uh, he did some uh, really good things for us out there the other night. Lucky to have him. Hey, Jerry, we appreciate it this morning. I'll see you out there on Saturday. I'll be a guest of the great Bennett Glazers. So I'll see you uh, for a big Saturday game against Detroit. You're with my favorite uh, uh, fan and as well as associate. And, uh, boy, they broke the mold when they made him and his great organization. And uh, we're sure proud to, uh, that he's a cowboy. Yes, sir. All right, Good we'll time. see you on Saturday. Uh, best of luck this week, Jerry. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. Jerry Jones, brought to you by Ford, built for Texas, built for you. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, kind of what we expected, right? Like, like an yeah. optimistic tone. Um, he, he has to be. Like, you can't. Like, you can't own a company. It doesn't matter how bad things are going with your company. When your when your owner speaks to you, you, it's always in an optimistic tone. Yeah, but here here's the thing that's interesting. Fans there. don't no don't want to hear that necessarily, but that's the way it is. It's. It's interesting that he seemed as miffed as everybody else about C.D. Lamb's lack of involvement. Uh-huh. Uh, not not just miffed, like unable to explain. I think that's what miffed means. But yeah, <laughs> no, I don't think, I think miffed means angry, right? <laughs> no, miffed like like um, miffed is angry, right? Hold on, now you're gonna make me go look this up. Are we, but, are we, are we, are we this now? We're gonna look up definitions. Uh, yeah, I guess you're right. Somewhat annoyed, right? Pete. Yeah, he's. 
He's, he can't explain it either. Homeschooled, chop. Homeschooled. Homeschool, baby. No, but it is interesting. He, he, the fact that it sounds like they're going to be able to get Tyron Smith ready to go. Um, good news that, that Gilmore sounds like he he got out of that pretty well. Because when Gilmore went down and threw off his helmet, was kind of slamming his hand against the turf. That was a little bit concerning. But overall, I think, yeah, he sounds like he took more positive out of that game against Miami than he did negative. Dude. But ultimately, the thing they have to figure out, they can't. The answer can't be, I don't know, when it comes to why C.D. Lamb can't get the ball for two quarters. And, and I'm not saying that, you know, Jerry Jerry may just feel like he didn't have a, a the the answer that he was ready to to give publicly i i don't know what it was but that's something where th- that can't be the answer is i don't know and not that that's jerry's answer, but in yeah. general for the team they've got to figure out a way to get him the ball he needs touches yes he does um I- i'll tell you this in, in regards to tyron I- i'm i'm i i can't expect anything from him right what can you expect you, you, he's played all year till now for the most part, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, you, you know, like, do, do you even bother playing him this week? I, you know, what I, I'm gonna need KNC to ask him Friday, which I'm not. I'm not doing your prep for you, KNC. I'm not. I'm, I'm not shoehorning in my question. But one of the things I, I considered there at the end was asking him, like, "Hey, how much of a consideration are you guys gonna have to give moving forward to like Tyler Smith needs to bounce out to left tackle if Tyron's out? That's got to be more of a conversation, doesn't it? After Doga, after what? Doga just misses. But what's more important, interior offensive line play in today's NFL or... But if you've got Zach Martin, who do you feel better about? Bassett guard or Adoga at tackle? I think that TJ Bass has stepped up and shown he can play well and and pass protect inside. He plays with power. So to me, I think that you can cover better on the interior and bounce Tyler Smith outside. That's that's something that they've got to consider at this point. I don't disagree. All right. uh, Jerry Jones here on 105.3 The Fan will react to what he had said. Uh, but also, Peyton, let's go to the people. Let's go to the people. What is your confidence level? They can actually do it this year. This year is actually a little bit different, a little bit more Jerry Jones reaction. Coming up next on 105 Through the Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 